0: Alright, so Penny O's on. Drinks acquired. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we can get started. Five. Four. A three. Uh, Two. And one. One. Hello world, in the song that we're singing. Come on, get happy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames, messieurs,
0: bienvenue, welcome to the Happy Hour. All right. Of course, as soon as I say that, I hear Beth has an echo. Echo, yeah. That's
1: oh, that's that's I was to text you. That's cool. I don't hear anything. I don't I hear I heard an
0: echo. Well, we'll just see. You have to see how that works out for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> My name's David Oj, MetalDave02 on Twitter.com. Very musky place lately. Joined, as always, mm. by Beth, who's back. Hello.
2: I'm back. Yay. 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 Um, you can find me at H I V E
1: R H U I T on Twitter. And Veronica. Yeah, I'm at C H I L E underscore pepper on Twitter.
0: Or the happy hour on happy hour on Twitter, happy hour pod on Instagram, happy cam and youtube.com slash happy hour. Um, uh, the past week of uh, HAPS hockey, uh, well, to, to, to cap off perhaps. Definitely one of the worst seasons of their existence. Uh, I have two things I want to bring up. This is number one: uh, the passing of Guy Lafleur. Now, that was a that, that was quite a thing. I I recall Bellevaux's passing as well, Monsieur Bellevaux. It just seemed there's something else with Guy passing that just caught on quite a bit more. With Baliveau. Maybe. Sign of the times. Everyone's in COVID. And hey. We have another bit of bad news. Um, Maybe it's because. uh, Guy's career. It's actually. A little bit more fresh. In people's minds. I mean. uh, Geez. You'd have to be. Quite old. To actually see. Jean. In action. Uh, I can probably say. With Some. Confidence that no one saw the Rocket play. At least that's, you know, still around. Or if they are, God bless them. They're still around. So, Guy's passing... Is quite a shock. Well, not a shock. We all knew he was sick. He was ailing. Uh, Regardless, when the news finally happened... Awful. Absolutely terrible. Uh, I wept... I was upset. I can't recall the last time that I was so upset about a celebrity in, in any f- facet of life passing that that made me so upset. But with Gila Flair, I was I was beside myself, very sad. We didn't mention anything on the Happy Hour Twitter account. Um, we actually didn't even talk about putting anything on the account because everything was just so. Everything that could be said. Was being said mm-hmm. by those that knew him better, or around him better, and knew him well. Uh, I had my thoughts on his passing. Veronica, you too. Beth as well. And it's just such a... It's it's. It, we've been talking a lot about eras, changing of guard. That seems to have happened a lot this season. And this is like a door, like a barn door slamming in the face. Another era gone. Ah, uh, so like I said, I don't know how else to say it. Aside from uh, paraphrasing Dave Stubbs, who put this very beautifully, he mentioned on uh, CTV Montreal, I believe CTV TV Montreal over the weekend, uh, in one of the morning slots, that the last crown jewel of the Habs has passed including Morris, including Jean, now Guy. All of them now comprising one of the best lines in hockey, wherever they may be at this moment. That's quite a thing.
1: You guys, when I woke up uh, on third Friday, I found out from the group chat, that's what I always look at whenever I wake up, because you guys are awake before I am. And, uh, same as you Dave I was just like shocked into tears um we all knew it was coming it was it was still just like terrible um you know like you were saying you have to be pretty old to have watched (laughs) Maurice or or Jean Beliveau play Um, um well I'm of a certain age and I watched Guy Leffler play And he, like, he was, I think the difference between him and Jean was was that he didn't, he didn't portend to be the gentleman of the, you know, sort of the, 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 the ambassador of the, like, he was, he was a superstar. He was a bona fide superstar. And growing up, like, you know, it it brought up a lot of memories for me, like, in Montreal, you know, having the game on, on the black and white TV, Uh, there's, we had, there, there was such a thing as a color TV when I was a kid. We were just poor, so it was black and white TV, but it was always um, Guy. Gee was, Gee was the one, you know, thrilling us and, you know, at school, got the Guy Lafleur Fleur hockey, hockey card, that's the one you wanted. The jerseys, you know, the, the, everybody was about number 10. Um, it brought up a lot of, a lot of that for me. And, oh, I think the Canucks just scored. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just, it it brought up so many memories, um, for me from when I was little. I didn't, I didn't understand much about hockey, you know, but, um, I, I did know all about Gila Fleur. Everybody knew, everybody knew Gila name and he was the superstar. Um, and then of course I was lucky enough to meet him about a decade ago and he just, he did not disappoint you know, he's just a card. He's a character, a gentleman, um, you know, ready to smile, ready to laugh, you know, such a, it, it, yeah, it, it hit me hard. And I didn't want to um, look at the tributes. I didn't listen to TSN 690. I didn't want to do any of that. I couldn't take it. And then on, on Sunday for the game with, um, before the game with the tribute there, I was just like snot running bawling my eyes out. That was like, that was so good what the Habs did on Sunday. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so I never
2: really got the privilege of knowing who Gila Fleur was until long after um, he retired. But um, every time I saw him in an interview or just like out and about doing, living his Gila Fleur life, I um, mean, people would talk about him on the news or in tw- on Twitter or anything like he just seemed like the type of person that you wanted to be friends with. Um, he just was a really gregarious person and um, like every every interview I listened to or read was always hilarious and just fun. Um, I think my favorite memory that's post of him and I forget who posted it, but there was a photo of him. Um, like, sitting, like, on some, some outside bar somewhere, and he's very tan, and, um, who, who was interviewing him, said, asked him if he had gotten the tan on the golf course, he said, no, I hate golf, I was, like, building my porch, or something like that, he was, was painting like, yes, his house, painting, painting mm-hmm. his house, there we go, yep. and I was, like, "Like I love that, like, or he's just, like, absolutely not, like, no, I was doing this instead, um, and, he just, like, I never I never got to meet him, and I'm sad for that fact, but, like, it's really awesome that the type of person he was, like, shown through so much just through whatever piece of media he was portrayed in. And then um the way the Habs honored him on Sunday was just absolutely perfect, and um I loved that they had said there would be no time allotted, that it'll take as long as it takes, and then we'll start the game.
0: I think that's one of the primary differences between a, a Guy and a Monsieur Bellevaux. Is that nobody could be Jean. Nobody. Guy was an everyman. You could relate to Guy. Bellevaux is a monolith on his own. Gentleman, no hair out of place type of guy. Sure, others could be like him. But you can't be Bellevaux. Gee, like you say, not golfing. I was painting my house. <laughs> there it is. I too, um, you know, like Veronica, I was, I was really lucky to, uh, to meet Guy at the, um, uh, the fantasy camp that the Habs put together in 2019. That, that one, that was such a, that was such a moment. I mean, that, that whole weekend was incredible. But that, but that day when we had our scrimmage at the Bell Center. We were again ready in the locker room, and, you know, it was like the last day of camp, and we've been having such a great time with all these people and again the red carpet from the Habs since day one. It was such a great time. And they say that, you know, we got some guests coming into the, the locker room, and the first guy that walks in is Guy Carboneau. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. So we're talking to him. Next guy that walks in is Ivan Cornwaye. Alright, there's another living legend, a mythical figure in hockey in general. And then Guy walked in. You can't 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 do anything about that. Uh I've mentioned it so many times before, but one of the reasons one of the main main reasons I watch hockey is to is to remember my grandfather and to connect with him. And Guy was my grandfather's favorite player, and his father's favorite player, my great grandfather, um Oh, whoop. can't recall his name poor guy <laughs> i honestly think it was omar and uh that that really hit me that really hit me being able to meet him i to i had to take a moment i couldn't i couldn't talk to anybody for a bit because i was collecting myself and then i had a few short words with guy. he ended up being the uh, the bench boss for my team at the bell center And, like, you know, this is a friendly scrimmage, but, you know, when when Guy Lafleur is telling you to shoot the kill, you're playing your frickin' heart out, out there. He's reading off lines, he's switching up little deployments every once in a while. Having himself a grand old time, and I was, a, I was very, very, very lucky to be able to do that with him. And the rest of the guys for the camp, so that was, uh, that was really something. And, um further to the Habs tribute um all ads pulled from the boards all the players of course playing uh with uh the number T uh, the number 10 uh on their chest uh right where the number 4 was when Bellavoy passed and uh and the Habs lost that game spectacularly let's talk about that for a second the Habs have not won a game since April 7th it is now The 26th of that said month. Uh, One, two, three. Almost three weeks since a victory. HABs play Rangers tomorrow in Madison Square Garden, the last game, uh, the last away game for the HABs, before coming home to face off against Ben Sherratt and the Panthers, who are a very good team. In the past week, uh, we recorded after the Minnesota game, two nothing. Price was in net, can't score with Price in net, can't score with Price in net. How dare, how dare we? Uh, that was followed by a thumping by the Flyers, six to three. I don't know what to say about that, honestly. Followed by yet another thumping in Ottawa, six to four. Price was in net, and then Sunday for Gee's tribute. Against the Bruins of all teams to have a tribute for Guy Lafleur. We have the Bruins in town in Montreal where Guy Lafleur had broken hearts of many a Bruin fan. Oh, yeah. 5-3. Granted, has made a game of it. Came back in the third. Just couldn't get over that hump. And that has been the story of the Habs all season. With a little bit of brevity with uh, Martin St. Louis taking the helm. But they've fallen right back down to earth. Uh, So thankfully, this is the last week of hockey we have to watch from the Habs. And then all the really fun stuff can start. So here we are.
1: Yeah. They they sure did try to make a game of it on Sunday, though. And the refs were, like, abysmal. Like, appalling, appalling, appallingly bad. It's (laughs) just,
0: what's the point of doing a job and just not doing a job?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I cannot say how many times we as a unified front has said, fuck the refs, but man, it's, it's, it gets progressively worse year after year.
2: How hard is it to find referees? Like, that's something, that's a genuine question. Like, how hard is it to find referees? Like, I know it's not an easy job. And, like, the people you see doing it generally are middle-aged and older. Yeah.
0: It's astounding. I could so, not and, and believe. And they have a
2: shortage of refs.
0: And COVID, and you can make all the excuses yeah. you want, you know. Absolutely, Beth. Uh, how hard is it to find refs? Man, it's a one of the guys I play with on The Rejects, refs. You know, he refs, you know, beer league and, like, uh, youth tournaments and shit. And he says it's hard. You know, he says it is hard and I have to manage the game because, you know, its he's not making three figures. He's making like 40 bucks a game or something like that. And uh, he has to follow USA hockey rules, which are different from NHL rules. But um, regardless of that, Man, there there is one paragraph in the USA Hockey rule book that says something something. I forget what rule it is. I forget all this stuff, all the technicalities. <laughs> but it's like you must manage the game at your discretion. It's like Jesus Christ. Might as well just throw it out there. Why not?
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even see them as trying as having tried to do that on Sunday. Like the one uh, penalty that they called on Hoffman was not a penalty. No. Not a penalty. It was completely clean. Penalty play.
0: shot out of that. And then
1: they called it a penalty shot, which.
0: Horrendous. Eh? An absolute, absolute And then the horrendous.
1: embellishment that they called on Evans was just like, was it was an absolute insult. Yeah.
0: This being carryover from the new found worst rivalry in hockey between the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> and Tim Stutzler. Like. <laughs> He he
2: brought it upon himself.
0: The problem I have with that is that when we're talking about the Senators, I think they're going to be a very good team moderately soon. The problem with the Senators is that their fan base is so online that they have nothing else. Every year they have a new gimmick. It's fun what for them, the, the yeah. The
2: sickos, I don't even understand. Yeah, what the
0: sickos—they're not even around anymore. That was probably their best one. But now, it's dunking on Brendan Gallagher for telling the truth. Every other fan base agrees that Tim Stutzla is a diver. You can say what whatever you want about it. Just watch him play.
1: Yeah, I'm frankly surprised, and I said this on Twitter that nobody's. No other NHLer has brought this up before.
0: Yeah, honestly. And what's even worse about it is that Suzuki, who actually, you know, hit Stutzla, is getting zero attention about all of this from, like, the sense side of things. It's all Brendan Gallagher because yeah. he dared to speak the truth. Well, you know, yeah. freaking Suzuki can do whatever he wants, apparently. <laughs> so it's just, it's such a... Th- that that whole situation baffles me to know it just doesn't make damn sense. It doesn't make sense like i am a I am a chronically online person, right yes. Sens fans as a whole I think are like even a step beyond that because right. I mean they can't get to their stadium. It takes like eight hours. yeah because this is in the middle of goddamn nowhere in Kanata or wherever. Regardless, Canada, Canada, Canada. Regardless, I had to, you know, mention something like that. Mm-hmm. I had a second thing to mention because I started that at the beginning. We're talking about Gee. I said I have two things to mention. Oh, ugh, this isn't hockey related, but we gotta. I think we should just hit this early, then go back to Hab stuff. Uh, in a bit. Elon Musk buys Twitter. I'm against it. I had to um, sit with somebody over the weekend that was a huge Elon supporter for no damn reason. He had a few beers and he was defending that guy until he was red in the face and no one was even saying anything against it. Crazy. I mentioned the Hyperloop. Where the fuck did that go? Like from fucking five years ago. And he's like, oh, well, no one else is doing it. Well, nobody's doing it at all.
2: Because it's dumb.
0: Apparently there are... People doing Hyperloop contests out in the West and blah, 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 blah. But for $44 billion, I have an inkling that the Hyperloop, as interesting as that is or could be, may progress faster instead of buying a social media company.
2: Doesn't he know that the app is free?
0: The app is free. Bleeds users, apparently. It's a dying breed, Twitter. It's going to be crazy because I don't know where the hell to get any Habs information from directly from the source. If the source goes away, like Pierre Lebrun, I will miss his tweets. Yeah. And all that nonsense. Uh, I only mentioned this because um, it's freaking ridiculous. I can't, I can't believe it. It's like it, for, for many folks that cover the Habs, Twitter's like essential
2: Yeah, Twitter, I mean, Twitter in general, like, is a community website, like, there's, there's, we talk about hockey Twitter, and soccer Twitter, and just different, it's different communities, there's sports Twitter, there's disability Twitter, there's Indigenous Twitter, there's arts and crafts Twitter, there's witch Twitter, and um, Twitter, like, has allowed us to build communities in a way that other social media platforms did not, or do not, and Elon Musk buying it definitely
1: threatens that. Yeah. Yeah. Why, like, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, a certain, a certain faction of the people who are on Twitter have, have appropriated the term freedom of speech. Yeah. They don't understand uh, that their freedom of speech is something that already exists. Um, it's, you know, they've appropriated it just like they they appropriated woke, (laughs) turned it into a bad word, you know, all of this stuff. Um, Elon Musk, he's just like, you were saying yesterday, Beth, like, he just wants to be like, is he, he's looking for world domination. I, I, I liken him to like, uh, Kim Jong-un, but with, you know, like, m- like a frat boy personality. Like, um, <laughs> you know, he just wants to dump, like what good can come of the, the biggest sort of, um, a, what's that called town hall in the world being owned by one person.
0: Somebody mentioned, um, not to interrupt, but I am, that this kind of harkens back to the 1880s back in America where practically, you know, steel production, uh, news, and everything was owned by a bunch of, you know, wealthy people. And what happened to kind of dissolve that? Well, back in the day, in the United States of A, We actually had like a 90% wealth tax on those rich people. We taxed the fucking hell out of them. Of course, it didn't like that. It took two world wars for them to finally, you know, get enough clout to get, you know, lobbying and all that bullshit to the absolute quagmire of bullshit that we live today. But it is just, it's it's not good. People talk about monopolies. Like, the United States is already monopolized by the super rich. And here it is. And to that point further, you know, everyone always mentions, you know, how how many, how much, how much liquid assets does Elon Musk actually have to do this? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Anybody on Twitter that isn't, like, actually working for him or working for one of the firms attempting to buy Twitter doesn't know shit. Just stop. Stop with the nonsense. Same thing with Dr. Twitter. uh Talking about Carrie Price, which is, you know, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Sorry, Veronica. Um
1: yeah the only thing that i was going to say is like what is what is elon musk's idea of free speech being like an insulting troll like just it just scroll through his timeline he's worse than what a 14 year old leafs fan you know um so like you know freedom of speech and and all this shit like um i've i've not been afraid to say like um I I looked last night at the leaving Twitter, hashtag leaving Twitter, and it's just all of these, you know, Joe Rogan, frat boy, Elon Musk fans. Like, why do they like this guy? Because they see themselves in him. Why did Donald Trump get elected? Because all the racists in the United States saw themselves in him. So that's why there's just just this cult-like fierce um, uh, protection of elon musk and just just look at this shit that he talks about this is a guy who was driven so insane by the british guy who um led the rescue of the thailand soccer team that was in the underwater cave oh yeah he's being a pedophile yeah that's how like that's how insane he got by the attention that this actual real life hero was receiving and then that guy took elon musk to like he, he sued him for defamation mm-hmm. and of course Elon Musk, with all the money, you know, the best lawyers that money can buy, got away with it. Because he just said, you know, in South Africa, pedo is just like, we just use it like colloquially, you know. And so he got away with it. This is a guy whose first wife, if you read an article in Marie Claire, his first wife, who he met in university in Canada, the way that he treated her was absolutely appalling. Their first son died of SIDS when he was uh, 10 weeks old, I think. And she wasn't even allowed to cry about it in front of him because of, it, showed, it showed weakness. And oh, she was manipulating him with emotions. Shit like that. The guy's not well, he's a fucking lunatic. And um, I am leaving Twitter. If, if he does take over, I want no part of it. I want no part of it. And people say, well, where else are you gonna go? Nowhere else, nowhere else. I just won't be on Twitter.
0: And uh, having Aspergers is not, uh, you know, an excuse for being a complete fucking degenerate mm-hmm. asshole. No,
2: because there like, are plenty I don't of care. people. I will okay. punch a
0: person with Aspergers if they speak out any in any way, like that fucking piece of shit does. Yeah, so fuck him
2: there are plenty of people on the aut- with autism spectrum disorder that are wonderful and lovely and kind yeah. human
0: either asperger's or autism yeah i forget actually now yeah. i'm starting thinking um, about it
2: and another thing is like with the whole back to the whole free free speech thing um the people that keep crying about free speech don't want to accept the fact that just because they say things doesn't mean that human beings will not hold them accountable um yeah. like they just want an excuse to be cruel and disgusting and rude and hurt other people for no reason, um or just because it makes them feel good and feel high and mighty and proud of themselves at and the that's end of elon the day. right
1: he is he is at the heart of what he is he is cruel, and freedom of yeah. speech my ass he's tried to cancel all kinds of people who have said shit about him.
0: Here's a tweet from Elon Musk from um yeah, not that long ago april twenty four Underground tunnels are immune to surface weather conditions. Subways are a good example. So it wouldn't matter to Hyperloop if a hurricane was raging on the surface. You wouldn't even notice.
2: Um,
0: Underground tunnels are immune immune. to surface weather conditions. Subways are a good example. You know, he's right. He's he's 100% correct because I have never in my life... As a human being on this planet Earth, rotating around our sun, have ever (laughs) witnessed, ever, a flood in a subway? Not ever, no. Never. It has never happened in the existence of human history. Mm -hmm. And this guy is putting rockets in space and attempting the underground Hyperloop and building, oh my god, his whole, I have, my buddy Sam, who's also the ref, is a, he works for the city of Albany as like... He's not like urban development. He's like a zoning guy. But he is a hardcore bike person. Bicycle person. No car. As long as he doesn't... You know, as long as he can manage without it. And he hates Elon Musk with the might of a thousand suns. When it comes to all of this underground traffic bullshit. Like he has down in Vegas. Which is a mockery. It's a fucking tunnel for one car. At a time. Yeah. At a time-ish. Ish,
2: yeah.
0: It's so, um, it just, it it, it it blows my mind that people are like, yeah, dude, this is so cool. You know, it'll cut down traffic. No! No, will cut down traffic. Oh, and, and a completely robust subway system in every metropolitan area in the United mm-hmm. States. The fact that that doesn't exist in the United States of America is a fucking, it's it's fucking nuts.
2: Um, Fucking nuts. Another thing. Washington DC um, and New
0: York City. Done. Sorry.
2: Yes. Another thing that um, Elon Musk has had influence over, uh, maybe not knowingly or purposely, um, but that is some um, mental health medications. Um i am a person who takes lithium on a daily basis so i don't ruin my whole my own life Uh, i've taken it for a long time it works really well for me um but the price of it keeps going up because um elon musk and a lot of other car manufacturers not just tesla um they are making um battery lithium battery powered vehicles um and a lot of um Car manufacturers are hoping to have their fleets be, I think, like 40% electric uh in the next few years and stuff. And so um, myself and other people who take lithium um, may have to see if we can find an alternative um, to manage our brains because we the price of lithium is not currently sustainable. Um and if it gets much higher, like we won't be able to afford our medicine anymore.
0: Billionaires.
1: Yep. And the barista at your Starbucks pays more taxes.
0: Mm-hmm. You I'd know, probably pay more taxes. Thank you for bringing up Starbucks. Because if all you people just stopped drinking coffee at Starbucks, you could afford all your basic necessities. Oh, yes. Fuck off. Didn't you know that? Didn't you know that? <laughs> Didn't you know that? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll be out.
0: 44 billion dollars. 44 billion. Like fucking Christ. Report goes around saying that the UN gave Elon Musk an itemized list of how world world hunger could end with around 6 or 8 billion. Something like that. The number's astronomical to people like us. Got the list. Didn't do it whatever reason, this, that, and the no other thing. Now, apparently people contest that that actually happened, but that sounds like it it's may have happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. guy's a dick. I mean, imagine eliminating homelessness in one city. Yeah. That wouldn't, that would not take $44 billion. Nope. Absolutely fucking crazy. with these people and they're Defenders.
1: Oh, the defenders. Oof.
0: Bootlicking shitbags. Who, frankly, thank God that we have free speech back on Twitter. <laughs> we should just line up on some train tracks. Because they're fucking useless. <laughs> they are fucking useless. It's that being said.
1: Cult leaders. Cult leaders.
0: They are. It's a, it, It's it's just, it's so, I. what is the obsession with wealth with these people? It is, oh, completely different uh, topic, though. It's kind of sort in the same bit here. Funny enough that Bernie Sanders has not said a thing about this, but continues to go after Jeff Bezos and his $500 million yacht. Hmm. Elon Musk, in buying Twitter, could have instead bought 88 supermassive yachts. Yet, Bernie Sanders has not mentioned a thing about this guy acquiring social media. So, i it's so strange, given Sanders' track record with ultra-wealthy doing ultra-wealthy things, hmm. that he doesn't look at the $44 billion figure and he's like, No, no, no! I don't like that! That man should buy diapers for every woman in America! Or mother, a family, I'll say instead, with a small child. It's just it's fucking... <laughs> It's very strange to me, and I mentioned that to a friend, and they're like, "Oh, hmm, weird, weird." Anyway, that's Elon Musk. Fuck him. The sooner somebody does something to him that's not good, the better, because it's just we're we're dying here. We're dying here. We're losing our ability to communicate, losing our ability to to for for like medicine, transportation. It's just it's it's they. These folks can just invest in all sorts of shit to help out people in real time. Now, I like SpaceX. I like a rocket that can go into space and come back with minimal shit being in space. But you want to know something? Fucking, my hand whatever hand fucking whatever the, the, uh, the, 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 the train station is in New York City does not have benches because they don't want homeless people camping out in there.
2: Just stupid.
0: That would not take forty-four billion to fix. Not gonna defend Bill Gates, but we don't have polio, practically. Because of his initiatives in Africa. Getting people vaccinated over there. And Bill Gates is a he's his own fucking character. Not defending him at all, but there is some good to what he did. Well, the, the last good thing that I think Elon Musk did is PayPal. That's it. That was like two decades ago. Anyway. That's all I have about him.
1: Yeah, I just find him so abhorrent.
0: Repulsive. Yeah. Motherfucker. So, Raphael Harvey Pinard was uh, recalled from the Rocket um, for the game against... Boop, 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 ba-doop. I'm loving it. The Flyers. Um, I'm actually wondering, (laughs) did he get any... Just checking the uh, stats for that particular game. Good old, uh, no points. Was not a minus. That's cool. That's very nice, That's I cool. guess. Good for him. So he got to make his uh, was it his debut? I think it was. I don't think he played with the halves at all this season. Good old Harvey Pinard. I couldn't say. Yeah, I I'm couldn't a little. Either. I'm a bit foggy on that as well. Yeah. Um, I believe that the Laval the Laval Rockets, speaking of, uh clinched their playoff berth, so they'll be going to the playoffs. Uh the ECHL, the Lions, um, had the misfortune of being paired up against the Growlers in the ECHL, and they're a very good team, the Growlers. Uh however, Lions won their first game uh of that series, and it is now 2 1 Growlers in the series. So hopefully the Lions can continue their winning ways. And awesome. um I may be going to Syracuse to watch uh, the Rocket uh, play over there for their last game of the regular season. Do it. Hopefully. Yeah. Bit of A little bit of a drive, but th- that's okay. It's a, it's a long, boring drive. I fucking hate I-90 in New York. If you live in Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and you have to drive on that every day. God bless you. That, that is a fucking travesty, and I'm so, so sorry. So sorry. But yeah, like two-ish hours from Albany, Syracuse. Okay, so Rafael Harvey Pinar makes his uh, debut. Uh, Corey Schuneman back to the Rocket. I think he stayed there. He has been recalled uh, again. Uh, yep, we covered that. <clears throat> ah, so after the game... Where is it? Where is it? After the game against Ottawa... Uh, Price has played against the Islanders, Minnesota, I think Philly, too. He was there against Philly, and then Ottawa. 0-4, because the Habs cannot fucking win with Carey Price in net, apparently. Might as well just stamp that over the past 15 years with him <laughs> on the team. Just embarrassing. Caden Primo is recalled on an emergency backup basis, meaning that, uh-oh, what's wrong with Price? Well, we learned today that he'll be with the team in New York City, but he'll be seeing his specialist again for an appointment.
2: Josh Anderson did say that so he's been in a similar position before where like you do need to meet up with your surgeon um, and have a checkup if things aren't right. So he's Josh Anderson said that he's like, hopefully it's just, it's not as uh, chicken literally as people are making it out to be, um, that the sky isn't falling, that it's just, hey, like this is what's going on. This is what you need to do.
1: We'll try us and then we'll see you in September.
0: That's probably it. Um,
1: and so Because didn't um, uh, St. Louis say that um... There was a possibility that he would play in the last game against Florida. Florida, didn't they just thump fucking Tampa Bay? Uh, was it an overtime? I thought it was. I don't know. I I, I saw Hold something on. fleetingly on a sports center, like some ridiculous like 9-1 score against Tampa. Am I dreaming? Are
0: you talking about Tampa and the Leafs?
1: Nope.
0: Because? I'm talking like- no,
1: the Lightning beat the Panthers 8-4 to
2: on Sunday. Hmm okay maybe i
1: was dreaming i don't know what i I definitely wasn't the Leafs because i would have remembered that
0: right i just remember i remember they got i remember the leafs got shellacked by the lightning i don't know if it was last week or the week before but uh yeah like that was the last like big score differential that i can think of okay um
1: i might have okay sorry Pretend I didn't
0: say anything. Oh no. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. But yeah, so there's not a whole lot else to say about the Habs. Um Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki reached twenty points in a dismal or no twenty goals, excuse me, in a dismal, dismal season. Uh so that's something. Uh Cole Caulfield gained twenty goals in his rookie season in the NHL. Fantastic. That's actually very, very impressive. He joined some elite company in doing so. Though, of course, I don't have the stats in front of me. Doesn't that suck? Um, Nick Suzuki is on the verge of attaining 60 points. Uh, he is, by and large, the top point producer, top assists, and top in goals for the Habs this season. He leads all three categories. Yay! It's Suzuki, beforehand. Caulfield, and Anderson for goals, 21 2019. 20, Anderson with 19 goals. Oh, so Anderson's on the verge of getting uh, 20 goals and 30 points. Um, assists. Funny enough, Nick Suzuki followed by Chris oh, Weidman. Oh, my
2: goodness. Hell yeah, Chris Weidman.
0: Yeah. 30 assists for Suzuki. Quite, you know, that's good. 22 for Weidman, followed by Cole Caulfield with 20, tied with Jeff Petrie. How about that? Points wise, yeah, Petrie
1: makes, had a great game on Sunday. He
0: did. He played well against the Bruins. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Yeah. I, I yeah. just, I wow.
1: He played with absolute character and determination. Good job, mm-hmm. Jeff. Yeah.
0: Good job, Jeffrey. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> uh, like I said, fifty nine points for Suzuki in total. Forty points for Caulfield, followed by Mike Hoffman, the malaligned Mike Hoffman with thirty two. What a shot!
1: Yeah. Against the
0: Bruins, that's the that's Laser. that's the Hoffman that we expected on the circle, whip a slap shot out, you know, on the power play, and it was that thing was blistering. I couldn't believe that great shot. Um, the uh, that being said, Mike Hoffman gives and Mike Hoffman takes away because he has not found his footing as of late as I have. It seems. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with him in the off season. Petrie too. If he goes, Jesus Christ, that defense is just in shambles even more now because despite everything that Jeff Petrie is and was in this season, and it was a utter collapse for him. Uh, he's like Edmondson. He has like the most experience playing in the NHL. It was like his eight hundred eight hundredth 800th game. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus so
1: yeah and there's a funny. lot of um chitter chatter going on like um seeds of doubt as to um what kind of coach martin st louis like like a little bit of disbelief in in msl like i mean same thing for me as with dominique Ducharme. was like what are you gonna do right like there was a bit of a honeymoon phase there where everybody was like yay new coach and it's martin st louis like
0: because and he was winning in the team was great right?
1: yeah and um but then that's faded now like well it's not gonna last forever
0: you lose Sharat. you lose kulak you 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 lose Lekanen. he's playing with the scraps that are left and yeah I mean love you know freaking uh da, 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 da. love Jordan Harris great kid not ready for the NHL but here's oh, man. the I've been here's really
1: impressed by him
0: Here's the thing with Harris that's, uh, that's going on. Same thing with Harris, same thing with Romanov. Um, St. Louis is keeping things pretty steady. Suzuki and Caulfield, they're getting top-line minutes every night, no matter what. Mistake? Doesn't matter. They're going out there again on the next shift. He might switch their off-winger, Anderson, try to find like somebody to give him a bit of a spark. I'm still on the I'm still on the Anderson line for that top line just because he's Me too, a big dude. But he's dude. been
2: putting Hoffman up there, and I don't like it.
0: And that's the thing. Maybe he's trying to spring Hoffman a bit. Hoffman he knows is a veteran compared, you know, comparatively. Hoffman has a history of being a power play guy, hasn't quite showed up. But then again, you look at the power play for the Habs. Who can be good? Nobody knows. Nobody knows.
2: If that's on the dress this off I'm going to lose my mind. I'm I going
0: It's crazy. Crazy. Um now more so to MSL here. Uh Romanov and Harris. They make mistakes quite often. Romanov kind of has his own beat, but man, I remember the, there was this one game. I think it was last last week on um, we were talking last week's episode. I forgot to mention it, I think, that uh Romanov just he did not have himself a banner game but every shift he was out there with the same uh you know with the, with the same partner wasn't demoted msl kept playing him in the role that he wants him to be on no nope. come what may i wonder if that is uh dependent on where they are in the season they're not they're not going anywhere there's not going to be a push to the playoffs of course you know they're bottom feeding right now it's also the end of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, I w- I've been harping so much on rising to the occasion. Price is back. Win for him. They can't. Guilafleur passes. Play for him. Win. Doesn't work out. I'm sure the players know about all that, and I harp on it a lot, and. It may be unfair of me to do so because MSL is figuring out his team. Yeah. And he's going to play them no matter what without, you know, cutting their ice time.
1: That's where I think they are. And to your point, um, four-time Stanley Cup winner Aaron Ward uh, sort of – at the, at the beginning of MSL's tenure, he was on with um, Mitch Melnick and they were talking about how, you know, hey, like, how, how differently they're playing and, and, and all of that stuff and, you know, playing the kids and all of that. And Aaron Ward said, um, it behooves Martin St. Louis to get close to Cole Caulfield, a Romanov and a Suzuki, particularly because... Yeah that's who's going to be here next year. That's who's going to be here for five years, six years, seven years, eight years, you mm-hmm. know, and somebody like Jeff Petrie, like they said, what, what do you say to Jeff Petrie? And Aaron Ward was like, I, I don't say anything to Jeff Petrie. Like, you know, if, if he's happy, if he's not happy or whatever, it's like, you know, that's great. Jeff Petrie should have it figured out by now, but the age, you know, the veteran that he is, but the, like those young guys, that's that's who he that's his future as well. That's the future of the team. So staying close to them, and I mean, he's not coaching to win, exactly like you said, Dave. Like this, it's a lost season. That's why he pulls people with like pulls the goalie with like four minutes left or whatever. He's he's it's just all right now. It's just experience, and unfortunately, they have like I think it's the longest losing streak now since nineteen forty whatever.
0: Oh right, yeah, they've dropped nine, I think now, maybe ten yeah. actually
1: that's not much fun.
0: Yeah. That was a big script at the beginning of the season. There we go. Um so just to back up something because I looked it up really quick, the past 3 games, uh Philly Senators and the Bruins, uh Suzuki and Caulfield consistently had the largest amount of deployments amount among forwards. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Against Philadelphia, Suzuki, 21 minutes. 21 minutes, 30 seconds. Against the Senators, 24 minutes and 11 seconds. And then against Boston, twenty-four oh four. He was the leading ice time guy aside from Montembo. Who's, you know, <laughs> on there for 58 seconds. 58 yeah. minutes and 54 seconds. <laughs> so, he's putting, he's playing Suzuki hard. More to that. Suzuki takes a lot of therapy days. I really wonder what's up with that.
1: Yeah,
0: he takes well, a lot of them. How
1: much if he's playing twenty-four minutes a night?
0: Resting, yeah. I guess.
1: Did you see that picture that Amanda posted? Yes. of the two of them—they mm-hmm. look like
2: twins. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. They
2: do. They do. They have the same face. <laughs> that's so cute.
1: Yeah, that's My, pretty um, cool.
2: My mom, when they went to the, the Ottawa game, she posted a picture of, of her and all the girls on their last girls trip. My mom was like, who are all these women? And I was <laughs> like, I think they're mixed aunts and cousins.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're like, family.
2: Like, it's all family. Um, I couldn't see if his, I couldn't tell if, I didn't look to see if his girlfriend went to or anything. But I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just, it's family. They just go because they can. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Um... Can we talk about shea weber sure okay so as the listeners know we love shea weber on this podcast um, and as we all know uh shea weber has not played at all this season and apparently the fact that another captain has not been named is making people very angry um despite the fact that at the beginning of the season um mark bergevain said that there would not be an interim captain named and that when Hughes and Gordon came um to the HABs that they said that they would name a captain next season. Yeah. Um I'm partially I guess because they need time to know get to know the players. And also it was so much time had passed in the season, it was too late to really try to put somebody in that spot. Right. Um people were also very upset that there was no official statement put out by Shea Weber on the passing of Guy Lefleur. Um and they were also angry that he didn't come to Montreal um, for the game that night. Um, and like, it has since come out that Shay talked to the Le Fleur family personally on his own and we don't know what's going on with him that like he didn't show up to the game. Like maybe he couldn't because of various medical obligations or whatever or family things we don't know It's none of our business. Um, and allegedly he's going to be in town for the funeral um, next week but like these people are just being so such whiners about stupid stuff when there's so many other bigger things going on like yes it sucks to not have an acting captain when you're for your team when they need a, a beacon of leadership but there's two games left The season is about to be over we are about to get a new captain. It sucks that it's Shea Weber was not here to play this season and finish this season as a captain. I understand your frustration with that, but I don't understand the need to be just like ugly and saying mean things about a a, a man who is nicer than you probably are and plays hockey better than you ever will.
1: Yeah. It's just looking for stuff to get mad about. And I mean, this is stuff that's created like either on the radio or, um you know on like in on on twitter or whatever and then it just catches like hey why wasn't he yeah. like fuck i didn't even think about it
2: yeah
1: and like also she hates the spotlight and i think that if he had showed up yeah he would, it would, they he would
2: have, have made it about him about, exactly somehow. and he would not he wouldn't want that for himself and he wouldn't want that for gi either no no so that's
1: all i wanted to say I, about yeah Shay. it's just like I, I yeah it's just people being stupid
0: Speaking of um, Shane and Carrie, uh Donald McKenzie on YouTube sent us a question. Something I hadn't considered before. He asked, does this team need to revamp the medical and training staff? I really pondered that for a bit when I read it. He posted it like six days ago. I've been thinking about it ever since uh, he mentioned it. I always thought, I was always under the uh, the assumption that the Habs have the best medical team in the NHL. Now, granted, well, yeah, Carrie goes to New York City to see a specialist specialist instead of somebody like in Montreal. So they branch out to other folks for, for their team members, right? Um, but revamping it, I was wondering it because of Carrie's injury, because of Shay's injury as well, one assumes, his ankle and knee, I believe. And... I was really, yeah, I was wondering about that. I just don't know if that's if that's the thing he also mentioned, like I said, he said, medical and training staff, I think the training end of it has been addressed now I have to look up the name of the person that I'm talking about when I'm thinking about this, but uh, yeah, I'll need a moment there, so yeah, it was I just thought it was an interesting question. the medical staff, I'm not sure,
1: yeah. I mean, are like gonna point the finger at the medical staff though
0: no, no. however,
2: yeah, I mean, like they they also are limited in what they can do, like yes, there's a, there's team doctors and everything, but at some point, like you like you see your your g p for whatever at their office, but then like if there's some there's an issue that you have that they can't resolve, then they send you out they refer you out to a specialist,
1: yeah. um kind of thing. They're not arthroscopic surgeons. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, they got they got nine people just on the medical staff alone, headed you know by a Dr. Mulder, who's been who's like renowned around the league as being like one of the best in the league, or uh, you know, just in Montreal in general. Born in Saskatchewan, I have his you know bio right here. Um. Leader in Traumatology and Chief Surgeon at the Montreal General Hospital from 1977 to 1998. Guy has, you know, there you go. 21 years of experience being a, you know, a traumatologist. Don't know what that means. Um, he was involved with the McGill Sports Medicine Center since 1994. Graduate of University of Saskatchewan in 1962. Training in general surgery at the Montreal General Hospital from 63 to 67. Specialized in chest surgery the University of Ottawa, no, Iowa, excuse me,
1: <laughs> earned
0: a Master of Science from McGill in 64. Um, he served as the president of the NHL Team Physicians Society from 2003 to 2006, something I didn't know existed. He has the Order of Canada and the Award of Merit from the Montreal General Hospital in, 2020, in 2012. He was awarded the USA National Safety Council Award for his role in developing a province-wide trauma system in Quebec.
1: Yeah, but he, does he have six years of experience critiquing uh, medical professionals on Twitter.com?
0: I mean, I'll tell you that. Well, let's talk about Dr. Dan Deckelbaum with the amazing <laughs> – oh, no, he doesn't even have a description. That's not good. They have a team dentist, team orthopedic surgeon, team physician, two, three team physicians. Well, four, including Mulder and then his assistant. So that's five, five doctors. Their head orthopedic. Oh, they got two, three orthopedic surgeons. And then one dentist. Just one.
2: Well, then this is usually just like. Yeah. I read it. I think it was like a Players Tribune thing or something. I read a really cool article about. Intermission repairs. Yeah, yeah, really. And that was really cool. Um, if I can find it, I'm gonna post it again. Um, or like, there was some. There was a player that got their like face cut with a skate, and um, the the player was like, "Yeah, just just sew it all up. It'll be fine." And the dentist, it was like his first time the dentist, and the dentist was like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> and the guy was like, "Yeah, just sew it up." Yeah, here we go. Here we um, go. or or like this, I don't know. The skate was stuck or something. Um, How. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have to find it. It was a really cool read just about this dentist, but I mean, like, yes, they have, they have all of those qualifications and those experiences, but then once they become employees of the team, does that mean that they still have privileges at local hospitals and things like that? Or do they still have to refer players out for procedures and surgery? Because I mean, they're not, you're not going to get an MRI in the Habs locker room. I mean, maybe you are, we weren't allowed inside, but.
0: I wonder (laughs) if they have one there. Come to think of it. Yeah. Because if the Habs did, do. It
2: would be the Habs.
0: They have a lot of shit in those locker rooms. Yeah. Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> they, they're they covered quite a bit. So, you know, now me actually looking at the medical, you know, staff that they have. I don't know if they need it to be revamped. I mean, that guy's a legend. Living legend of all sorts of and walks th- of life. And I think life.
1: it's outside of Montreal as well that he's lauded or that, you know, that the Habs are lauded as Habs. He has like an order of
0: Canada. Staff. The man's Southern a knight. Canada. He is a yeah. Sir Doctor. Yeah. Mulder.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Esquire, I guess.
1: Does he have a scully?
0: O.C. Is is, is the actually? He, he has a weird, like. O.C. He has a, a suffix on his name. Yeah. After yeah. his name. Those are hard <laughs> to get. So, I'm not sure. So, uh, like, a, who was I just talking about? Mr. Donald. Donald McKenzie. I think the medical staff is fine just we're talking about injuries that are like
2: catastrophic.
0: Carey's been in and in, in that for a long time. Weber's, I mean those those guys have been around the block many a time. They've taken a few skates. And as for the training staff, that was the other half of the question I actually wanted to get to real quick. Um with Hughes, with Gorton, um I mean this was put in place beforehand uh them getting a goaltending d- division together like that wasn't something that the habs did not have beforehand but even more to that is the hiring of the skills coach that they got adam right. nicholas who they grabbed uh from the leafs director of hockey development oh, yeah, this that guy, guy i
1: forgot about him yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and they're a training staff one, two, three, nine people in the training staff aside from mr nicholas and uh yeah yeah sports performance i'm if the if if the players need anybody, they can find it, and I think all of the inter-management stuff that's going to get smoothed out quite a bit in this in over the summer because yes. doing it on the fly during the season probably is more difficult. Yeah. So I think where they are now, they're fine, but it just it made me think: like, do they need yeah. to revamp their thinking medicine wise? Why I'm not thinking, ask the question? Yeah. 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 So thank you, Donald. And of course, Mr. Banana Cheeks, always with good comments. Appreciate the Always with the good
2: comments. Oh, I'm afraid to read them.
0: No, the, usually, the YouTube ones are usually okay.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: It's rare that we get something dumb, like from a Leafs fan.
1: Okay, cool. So. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, yeah, that it only happens when we eliminate them in the playoffs. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. They never posted after we eliminated
0: them. Yeah, <laughs> true.
1: <laughs>
0: and our viewership <laughs> dropped because they stopped the watching us. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: all the comments that they left on (laughs) our are back in um, iTunes oh my god
0: yeah yeah really oh my gosh (laughs) but we're starting now to come upon the end of our time um Habs are in New York City tomorrow MSG wish I could go I shouldn't though because I have to start my new job Thursday so that's probably not gonna be a thing oh shit that's
1: great. And MSG
0: awesome. is also very expensive, so.
1: Yes. Yeah. Just take your private jet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Elon can pick you up. Um. Yeah,
0: great. Thanks, Musk. <laughs> fucking cool. douchebag.
1: You can take the, the tube.
0: Oh, yeah, Hyperloop. That'd be nice. Hyperloop. <laughs> Hyperloop.
2: Some, Whenever somebody says the word loop, it just makes me think of Fruit Loops. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. the context. I'm some high-speed
0: rail in the United States? I went to yeah. Japan. That shit's fucking awesome. They have trains everywhere in Japan. Everywhere, oh!
2: Dave, speaking of Japan, did, have you seen that show on Netflix where they send little Japanese children on your I
0: hands? have to.
2: It's so funny. It's and cute. so so What's Veronica. It
0: growing oh, up it's, or something. It's growing
2: up, yeah, like, or
0: something like that. Um, hold on. Yeah, if there's a show for you to fucking fucking watch, oh my lord, um. Uh,
1: it's so it's so funny oh good okay i'll look it up
0: it's called old enough
1: oh, and old, what they okay. do
0: is that they send kids that are like three or four years old on errands that adults would usually do like go get some groceries right <laughs> and it's just the kid I See this? it's just the kid oh my it, god it just just walking around the street gets to the supermarket <laughs> and they, starts looking around and they have
2: like specific tasks like sometimes they have to go to like multiple locations to get things and oh, they give shit. them money and like but they like they're like okay like first you have to go here and you have to ask for this and then you have to go here and you have to get this and then you have to go here and drop this off and then you have to come home oh shit okay like, mama little, he's like okay <laughs> and there's they're so cute and they're so funny um, it's a laundry list of stuff
0: and like it could only happen in a place like japan
2: it's so cute (laughs) and like you see like so many beautiful places as they're like walking around um like the japanese neighborhoods it's
1: (laughs) okay i have to see this i watched
0: i watched like a commercial of of, like one of the episodes and like the kids like walking and all of a sudden his bag rips and all his shit falls over he's like oh "Oh." He's looking around. Like, <laughs> it's so like I had to believe it was like scripted, but you know I was watching, watching, watching. I'm like, oh my god, I think these kids are actually on their own with like a, yeah. a camera crew just following. Like, oh, okay, hilarious. where's? Bold All right, where's Takashi going today? <laughs> okay, yep. No, you got, you got to take a right there, buddy. You got to take a right. Oh, you missed the turn. Oh, oh he's still walking. He's still going down the
2: block. It's like, and oh my like... god. And then they go and they, like, interact with, like, um, adults. Like, this one girl had to go to a temple and get, um like, a, a, a nun or, or a priest. I can't remember. One of the
0: shrine people, yeah. Yes. And
2: she was, like, the little girl was, like, I've come to get you. And the, the person was, like, why? And she was, like, you're late for prayers. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was It's really, really, really cute. I highly recommend watching it. Okay. Only
0: the Japanese, man.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: When it comes yes. to wacky TV shows, yes. my God.
2: It's yeah. so it's so cute.
0: <sighs> so that's that. Um,
2: that's that, yes. Um, if you are gonna be in Montreal for the drafts, where are we? We got our Airbnb. So let us know so we can see you.
0: We'll be staying in the Longue.
1: Longue. Yeah, Longue. There it is. Across the bridge.
0: Across the Bridge. Yes. free parking there for us. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So we got that all, all sorted. Three bedrooms, so yes. Yep.
1: Without paying eight hundred bucks a night. <laughs> yeah, God. honestly, so,
0: It's just crazy yeah. sometimes up there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. all set. Uh, so you know whoever's going to the draft, let us know. We'll try to figure it out. Um, and yeah, everyone have yourselves a a good last week of Habs NHL hockey. Yeah. I guess we'll um we'll have an episode next week. Recap the season, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's just so much fun.
1: <laughs>
0: and that's it. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, bye 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 bye. Like, subscribe, share. So.